You're listening to Campus Review Radio. A lot of us in this room would be the first in our families to go to university and we don't have to try too hard to imagine what our lives would be like, how different they'd be if we hadn't had that opportunity because we've seen in our parents' lives uh, the alternative. Both my parents were torn from education to the young by war, by poverty and both of them are smart, they were lifelong learners, multilingual, curious about the world. What they didn't have, and what Kinnick points out, is the opportunity of post-schooling education. And like most parents, they wanted for their children what they missed out on themselves. Even in a world where technology, automation, the mass movement of people, climate change, and these other huge factors make workforce predictions heroic, parents are still right to want a great education for their kids. Because for most, educa- for most people, education will still be the key to a decent job and a decent pay. There are significant private benefits to a university qualification, and that's why we've said for many years that it is appropriate that students make some private contribution to the cost of their study. But a world-class education system is critical to our success as a nation, to to the success of our economy. We're not just investing in individuals for their own benefit, for their own success. We're investing in the future prosperity of our nation. So we have to ensure that cost is never a barrier or bright kids pursuing further education. Because the better, education, the, the better educated our citizens are, the better for all of us. To be a nation with a strong economy, Australia has to be an education nation. We've now benefited from 25 years of uninterrupted economic growth. That's not an accident. We've achieved this through smart and necessary economic reforms, including improving the skills of our people. More kids finishing high school, more Australians with post-school qualifications. So a strong education system has been both a contributing factor to economic growth, but also a dividend of it. An educated workforce is a foundation for this growth but an education is also part of the social wage of every Australian citizen. It's a benefit of that growth. Australians should expect to be able to access a great education for themselves and for their children. If Australia is to continue to be a high-wage developed economy, continuing to improve our education system (coughs) will be critical. Innovation, agility, enterprise, all of these are just words unless you're willing to seriously invest in the education system that underpins them. And the case for that investment is clear. We know that for every extra dollar we invest in tertiary education, our economy grows by $26 over a decade. We know that living standards are higher when education funding is higher. Most economists say that investing in education is better for the Australian economy 
than paying taxes for big business are asked that before the last election. Many people have been mystified by Donald Trump's success in the US election last week, but I think it holds a lesson for all of us. Unless people feel that they are benefiting from economic growth, they won't continue to support the prescription. And access to great education is one of those ways that people feel they can benefit themselves and their kids. It's true that inequality in Australia is not as pronounced as it is in the United States. Our middle class holds about 40% of our national wealth and the American middle class holds about 19% of their wealth. Our wages growth has been slow but steady, whereas in the US real wages have declined. Nevertheless, inequality in our nation is at 75 year highs and the three richest Australians now hold more wealth than the million of poorest Australians. One of the surest and best ways to ensure sustained, strong economic growth and to share the benefits of that growth is to make sure that all Australians have access to a great education. That means preparing our citizens for the jobs of the future. To do that, we have to be an education nation. But we also want jobs with a future, work in traditional areas, uh, adaptation in those traditional areas so that those jobs continue <coughs> in the future. In 2015, a Committee for Economic Development of Australia report found that up to 40% of Australian jobs, more than 5 million, could be gone in 10 to 15 years, mostly due to technological change. We all know the story of automation. Understandably, figures like that worry ordinary Australians. They worry about their own jobs and they worry about the type of work their children will be doing. Improving job security for Australians is at the heart of our economic agenda as a Labor Party. We want great full-time, long-term jobs with good paying conditions. And to do that, we actually have to think about the type of work, the type of jobs people will be doing and to prepare our workforce for them. That's where education, in particular higher education, is absolutely critical. Research suggests that by 2020, two out of every three jobs created in our country will require a diploma or a higher qualification. So we need more Australians with post-school qualifications. We need to make sure that students now are doing the right courses and that those courses are of the highest quality. But just as importantly, as those students progress through their careers, we have to drastically improve opportunities for lifelong learning for people to continue to update their skills throughout their working lives. The simple fact is that with the very best will in the world, we will not be able to predict all of the economic and workforce disruptions that we will encounter. We will need people to train and to retrain throughout their lives. Whether it's someone with a diploma from TAFE, 
who after some time in the workforce wants to complete some university qualifications, or someone with a PhD who wants to do further research, or go and get some technical skills that can be best delivered through TAFE. Our higher education system should increasingly allow students to, to tailor qualifications to meet their needs and the needs of a changing workforce. In time, I envisage students being able to choose from a menu of subjects across faculties, across universities, and the vocational sector with a range of exit and re-entry points along the way. The task for government is to work with universities and with the vocational sector to provide this flexibility. We can't predict sector by sector where the jobs will be, but we do know something of the skills and professional attributes that we'll require. Imagining this kind of thinking about higher education is the key to future-proofing the Australian job market. I sometimes think that too many universities think that they're going to have to offer this kind of variety themselves. They think they're going to have to be all things to all people. And in fact, I think that is a really critical error. I think um, it comes from a very good place. But thinking that you can be all things to all people, in fact, can dilute excellence. I believe a more desirable option is to have institutions across the higher education sector that focus on their strengths and then work together to meet the needs of students. There are dozens of terrific examples of where this is already happening, like the University of uh, the Queensland University of Technology, the University of Queensland and Griffith working together to deliver foreign languages. Uh, each institution delivers fewer languages, they do it better, but students can pick across institutions which language they study. Or Swinburne, where Bachelor of Psychology students are able to undertake a certificate for in mental health delivered by the TAFE division so that uh, students can get the additional practical skills required in a career in mental health. I've picked two examples. I could have um, chosen amongst dozens. But what I want to say to you is that we have to be encouraging this type of collaboration through the settings in our system, not just by um, counting on the goodwill of institutions or individual educational leaders within those institutions. Of course, I've talked a lot about um, employability and uh, the need for universities in particular to think about the type of jobs that they will be doing in the future. But universities are a lot more than just jobs factories churning out graduates. They play a critical role in expanding the bounds of human knowledge. And because of that, they really do play a very important role of, um, of improving the quality of life in Australia. Discoveries can and do and already have changed the way that we live in this country. And university research will also help Australia transition out of the resources boom to a more diversified, knowledge-based economy where we lead in fields like advanced manufacturing. At Deloitte Access Economics estimates that the existing stock of all knowledge generated by university research accounts for about $160 billion, or 10% of GDP. That's the figure from 2014. It's impressive, but I think we can do even better, because in some respects, 
So particularly in translation, we still lag behind comparable countries. We need to do better in translating what we discover in our universities into uh, real collaborations that will generate high-skilled, high-paid jobs. We need more breakthroughs, more discoveries, of course we do, but we also need to focus on commercialisation. And again, I've seen fantastic examples of this, particularly when I had the um, health portfolio, I added medical research to the portfolio, and I, I did see some very good examples and some very promising examples of translational research and the commercialisation of what we were discovering. <coughs> I just think we should rest on our laurels. Universities and industry have to continue to find better ways of working together. And uh, I want to work with you uh, as an education minister to support those efforts. We think it is a role for government to support uh, and encourage that type of collaboration. In, um, in many respects, Australian universities are amongst the best in the world. We have some of the finest research, we have some of the finest teaching, and we have to continue to build on that reputation. To do that, we, we do need a government that is prepared to continue to invest in the tertiary education sector. We've been prepared to do that. You can judge us on our record. Between 2007 and 2013, we increased university funding from $8 billion to $14 billion. While we believe in supporting financially that drive for excellence in our <coughs> higher education system, you know that we also have a very strong commitment to a high equity system as well. There are people who continue to argue that excellence and equity are happy partners. I disagree with that. Throughout our history, Labor has democratised education every time we've had the chance to do that. Whether it was Gough Whitlam opening up university education for a whole generation of Australians, or more recently, the uncapping of university places. It's why we introduced the demand-driven system and why we remain committed to it as a core part of our policy. Universities have embraced that role in democratisation as well. And I commend the, um, the leadership that universities are showing in terms of your public and social responsibilities, including through um, you know, strong signals like the membership of the, many of you have to the Talwa network. With demand-driven demand system, we threw open the door to thousands of additional students. Instead of public servants in Canberra making decisions about student enrolment numbers, we gave that power to universities. Since we created the demand-driven system, we've seen an additional 190,000 students on university campuses. But it was never just our intention to throw open the doors. That on its own is not enough. We sought to target extra support to the people who were the first in their family to attend university. We introduced programs, for example, the Higher Education Participation and Partnerships Program, which sadly we've seen in recent years cut by more than 
The demand-driven system, along with it, has opened up access to university for disadvantaged students, uh, Indigenous students, students from regional areas. Compared with 2007, the most recent figures I've seen show 36,000 extra students from low-income families, 26% more Indigenous students, and 30% more students from regional areas. In all, there are 750,000 undergraduate students in Australian universities, and about one in four of them is there because of these reforms. Our commitment to equity is the reason that we'll never support uh, fee deregulation, as has been proposed in the Pine Model, and $100,000 degrees. There's an argument that um, Australian students should be paying more for the cost of their degrees. And I think people, most people, would be surprised to know that if you look across the OECD, Australian students are already the sixth highest contributors to the cost of their own university education. We will always say that people should have the chance to go to university without incurring a lifetime of debt especially a debt that hits at the same time as people are seeking to establish a family, seeking to buy a home, at a time when all of the financial pressures of life hit at once. We hope that those students will get great jobs when they graduate. Of course, uh, we expect them to repay the contribution um, that, we, uh, that we demand of them through the health program. But as well as um, signing up for those uh, contributions. We hope those students will get better, higher paid jobs. And a feature of our progressive tax system is then they'll be paying higher rates of tax all the way along. We, we don't want to load them up with <coughs> debt that will stop them undertaking a university degree in the first instance. In recent years, we've seen a great deal of uncertainty in the higher education sector. We didn't see any higher education policy from the government released during the most recent election. But we have had 25 reviews, inquiries and talk fests. We've seen billions of dollars of cuts and we see, uh, I believe, still a clear agenda from this government for US $100,000 university degrees. We now have universities on one-year funding agreements. I don't know how that's working out for you. I can't imagine it makes it very easy to plan for the future. I believe that that sort of uncertainty is holding the whole sector back. And so I just want to um, lay out some markers for what you can expect from us over the coming years. Our record in this higher education sector is strong and will continue to build on it. Uh, I spoke about our investment when we were last in government and some of the big changes we made. At the last election, we also committed to a future Labor government investing billions of dollars extra in our universities, significantly increasing per-student funding. We also said, of course, that we would substantially invest in schools, billions of dollars extra for school funding, because we know that students who start university ready because they've had a great school education are more likely to succeed at university. 
In fact, we went to the last election campaign saying that our combined spending across higher education and schools over the decade would be about $50 billion, compared with the government's proposal to spend about $50 billion on tax cuts for big business. We think that the economic benefit of our investment would be much more substantial than those tax cuts. The Labor government would also support more students from disadvantaged families to access university and make sure that those students have the supports they need to complete their studies. We want to work with universities to ensure that we're producing more high school graduates for priority sectors and industries, particularly those in science, technology, engineering and maths. And we also uh, said then, and I, I believe actually this is a, a um, really critical part of our policy at the last election that didn't get the attention it deserved, we need to provide students and parents with much better information so they can make better decisions about the courses that young people are taking on, particularly those kids who are going straight from school to university. We want to work across schools, vocational education and universities to encourage better collaboration and more flexibility. And we will continue to invest in research, making sure that Australia is getting the commercial benefits of the great discoveries that we're involved in. We want to make sure that education continues to be a driver of our economic growth and also a social dividend of it, including by making sure um, that our higher education sector continues to support the growth of great quality jobs for Australians. Together, I'm confident we can restore certainty to Australia, Australian higher education and that we can continue to build a university system of both excellence and equity that serves